season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. to the JKR podcast. Today we have South Carolina native, Cadence catcher and outfielder and 2025 Duke baseball commit. We got Noah Franklin on the JKR podcast for the Canes baseball series. Noah, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? Good, man. I'm pumped. Thanks for having me, Jason. Hey, of course, you know, like I said, you know, thanks for coming on the show, man. Pumped to have you. But before we dig into your baseball career, I got one question I like to ask everybody that gets on the JKR podcast. And that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself who exactly is Noah Franklin? Um, you know, I like to say that Noah Franklin is a super motivated kid. Um, he's going to set a goal and, and chase after with everything he's got. He's super hardworking, um, fun kid to be around. And, and you know, I just want to do whatever I can for, for a team of guys I'm playing for to help us win. And, I, and I'm going to play the game with a passion that is all about having fun and playing the game like I did when I was little. Um, and, you know, I just – I love to get love to get after it. Okay. So, with this being the Canes baseball series, let's go ahead and dig straight into them. Kind of take us through, you know, how you got connected with that Canes baseball program and what that experience has been like so far. Um. Yeah. So, for me, my Canes process started back when I was about 13. Um, I was playing with a local team in the area. Um, and I got a – my dad actually got a call from one of my coaches one night just randomly. I think it was – over at a neighbor's house, just, you know, hanging out one night. And uh, my dad got a call, and it was one of my local coaches who had uh, been in contact with, uh, like, a regional Canes team. Um, and they had had one of their catchers, who uh, is Coy James. He's he's playing with uh, Canes National right now. He ended up getting called up to National. Um, and so they needed another catcher to fill that spot. Um, so they called me in. I, I went and played with them for – about two years until I was 15, um, played really well, you know, started to make a little bit of a name for myself, started climbing up a little bit. Um, and then the last week of my 15 to 16 year summer, the like last week, um, I, it might've been fall actually. I got called up to play with Canes American. Um, Coach Gitson ended up getting con- in contact with my, my regional uh, team. And then, I ended up going to play with Canes American for a week. Um, went seven for eleven, played real well, dropped the dropped the home run in that in that tournament. So started to to get a get a, get a little bit more of a name for myself there. Um, and then you know just just continue to play for them. It's it's a really great program. They they've helped me get recruited and you know all that stuff. Everything you hear about them is is everything that's gonna happen if you end up playing for them. So you know my process with them started real early. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of the best best decisions I made was to play for them, for sure. I'm sure. So, you know, going from a Canes regional team to that Canes American team, what were some of the comparisons, maybe some of the differences you've seen just going in, seeing the game-to-game, seeing the way that, the, you know, the games roll roll by with the, that regional team compared to the American team? What does that kind of look like? Yeah, for sure. So, I would say that the gameplay at, at the regional level is – is one of those things where you can tell who the good players are from the guys that that might not be. Um, and you can tell game to game. 
And I would say that at that American and, and even national level, you know, when you get in those situations and you're playing in those top tournaments, you're going to see the top pitchers all the time. Everybody's a dude. Everybody, Everybody's ranked or whatever you want to call it. You know, everybody's a good player when you get up to that level. So, you know, the game picks up a little bit more. The speed gets faster. You know, the gameplay gets quicker. Um, and it's all about just developing and and working on what you need to work on, what what you struggle with throughout the season. But I would definitely say that the game pace picks up a little bit more, um, you know, from regional to, to national level, you know, American level, whatever you want to call it. You know, there's going to be more eyes on you when you're playing, more colleges, more pro scouts and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, there's. There's a little bit of added pressure, you know, but for me, I, I, I use that as a fuel for myself because I feel like I should be in a situation if I'm put in it, if you know what I mean. So, you know, I feel like if I could say that there's one thing that that stood out from going from a, a regional level to a more national level, it would be just that the game picks up, it gets faster. Okay. So being on that Canes American team, I'm sure, even though you guys are sophomores, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, probably that whole team's, you know, committed to a power five D one school. So for you, what's that like being around so many guys, you know, of that caliber, the same caliber of you as you, how are you picking the brains of some of your teammates, maybe just picking up on some knowledge of your peers with all those guys being, you know, just high quality baseball players. For sure. That's, that's a great question. You know, I think that, being able to play with some of the best players in the country uh, alongside me and just being able to call some of those guys my brothers is just – it's awesome because we're all – we all have each other's backs and we all know that we have the same goal. It's like a it's like a built-in brother who wants to do exactly what you want to do. You can't ask for anything else. So anything you ever want to talk about with those guys, you know, you can talk about and you know they're there for you because it's basically like – talking to yourself, another version of yourself, because you're all like each other. You all have the same goal and you're committed to a big school, which means that you have to live life a little bit differently than everybody else. Okay. So, so, you know, whenever you start to talk to them about what's your routine, like what's, what's my routine, like, what do I do compared to what are you doing? And it's some of the same stuff. And, and you realize that these guys are also some of the hardest working people in the country, you know, it's awesome. And it's, it's awesome to be around them. Yeah. So with all those other guys who are committed to some pretty big schools across the country, you know, I'm sure I know we're still about what month, month and a half away from you know, travel baseball this upcoming summer. But what is that outlook on that 2025 Canes American team looking like this summer? Uh, yeah. So so me and the boys have been talking a little bit. Uh, we got a we got a group and we we talk pretty often, but we're all we're all all our pitchers right now are gaining some velo and and our, our guys are raking right now for the high school season so you know we're all getting hyped for it we're all looking forward to it we're ready to come out of the gate hot um and I can't wait for it either you know I I love playing with them they're they're some of the best people I've met and I I can't wait for it we're ready to come out this summer and and show everybody what we're about okay there we go so with you being a part of the Canes regional team there for a couple of years playing for Canes American. What are some of those relationships that you've built with some of those different coaches that the Canes have in their organization? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a great question. The first coach I had on uh, my regional Canes team was Coach Brian Simpson, and I still talk to him to this day. I still talk to him. He's one of the best people, one of the best, one of the best people I've ever met in my entire life. He, uh, he's always there for me. He, I could, I can call him family. Um, he's one of the best people I've ever met, and I think even after I, I mean, I committed to Duke. Even right after I committed, I called him. He was one of the first people I called. Man, he was so happy for me, and and I, I just enjoyed playing with him so much. Um, 
And then, you know, another one that stands out to me is uh, Coach Serrano uh, with with Canes American. He and I built a relationship with the with the short time that, that he was there. Um, you know, he and I he and I built a great relationship. He was one of the one of the coaches that I knew, you know, everything that he was pouring into me. I knew it was going to translate onto the field. Everything that he said to me, I was, I was listening, and I and I wanted to hear everything that he had to say to me. You know, I was asking him so many questions and picking his brain about everything because he'd been around the game for so much that, for so long, you know, I I just wanted to hear everything that he had to say. Um, and the last one, uh, I had a I had a coach at that regional team who still uh, coaches at my high school with us now. He, uh, Coach Adam Brown, he uh, he and I worked as often as we can. He's one of those guys that looks into every every nitpicky thing there is about hitting, everything, everything there is to it. And he and I will break down my swing, look at it. We'll talk about the mental side of the game, um, just making sure that, you know, in our head we're staying positive, we're on the field, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, to wrap that question up, I think that playing with an organization like the Canes has given me an opportunity to be – coached by some of the best coaches in, in the country, some of the best guys that I've ever been around, and I couldn't be more grateful for that. So when I was talking to Petty, talking to Gitson, it sounds like, you know, in that Canes organization, there's a different there's a different coach for each age group, and they kind of stick at that age group instead of moving along with, let's say, the guys coaching 25, you know, throughout their entire high school career. What's that like for you going, going into each summer, maybe having a new coach, can, can, continuously building that relationship throughout that summer? What does that kind of look like? Yeah. Um, you know, I think every single coach that the Canes are going to have is going to be a great one. Every single coach that they're bringing in, you know, coach Petty, coach gets coach gets and all those, all those guys are bringing in some of the best coaches in the country, um, to play for one of the best organizations in the country. So every time that I get a, a coach change or, or a new summer comes around, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the new knowledge that that coach is going to bring or a different, different look or a different view on some things, you know, that he can offer me. So, you know, I always look forward to that. Um, and it's not one of those things that I dread. Like I, I dread losing this guy. Like, yeah, you know, it stinks. You know, I lost a, a good coach, but that coach and I are going to talk every week. Like I, I still talk to, you know, coach Strano, coach Adam, coach Brian, almost every week if not every month you know I'm still talking to those guys so even even if they don't coach me every week I'm still talking to them yeah so you know if I if I get a new guy for a summer I'm gonna pick his brain I'm gonna ask him everything there is to ask him and, and you know I'm gonna make sure that he knows that whenever I'm out on that field I'm gonna do everything I can to win for our team okay so looking back at these past couple of years you know playing for that regional team playing for the American team and all those just great coaches that you've you know had the opportunity to play for what are some of those favorite memories that come to mind when you think of your Canes baseball career so far whether that's off the field doing something pretty cool on the field what are a couple of those memories that come to mind yeah you know the first one that sticks out to me is uh that week that I got to play with Canes America when I first got called up um you know that was my first week of playing in a tournament where I knew that there was eight to 10 power five schools at every game I was at every single game I was playing and they were lined up behind the fence. I mean, it honestly felt like I was playing in Jupiter, you know, all that, all the stereotypes of Jupiter, you know, I, it felt like I was there. Like it felt like all the eyes were on me and I knew leading up to that week that I needed to prepare myself mentally and, and, and physically to be ready for that. And so as soon as I stepped foot on that field, you know, I just told myself I belonged there and I knew that, you know, it was a dream of mine to play at the next level. And so, so as soon as I stepped on that field, I was ready to go. And, you know, 
I think it was last game of the last game of the tournament. Um, I stepped up to the plate in the first at bat. We're facing a Stanford commit up to 88. And uh, I ended up seeing a first pitch fastball. It was belt high. I sent it about 380 feet right, right over the fence to left center field. So that was, that was awesome. Um, that was probably one of my best memories, you know, and then also obviously, you know, just staying in the hotel with the guys, you know, just being able to hang out with them on, on the weekends, get away from, you know, the normal people you hang out with at school, um, being able to hang out with them, get away with them, hang out in a hotel, because, you know, like I said earlier, everybody's all like each other, you know? So it's like being able to hang out with your boys and, you know, just have fun and, and have fun off the field as well as, you know, create great memories on the field. So that, that was super important to me and something I always looked forward to. Okay. So we'll dig into your recruiting process here in a little bit, but you did say that that first week playing for Canes American, you're there playing, there's, you know, eight, 10, 12 different, just power five division one coaches. They're watching you for you when you're, you know, going through that recruiting process, playing in front of all these different coaches, how did you keep your mind away from that? How did you kind of stay focused on that game of baseball? Be like, you know, I don't really care who's watching me right now. I'm just here to play ball. How did you kind of block that out and keep your mind on baseball? For sure. You know, that's, that's a question I've been asked before. Um, and I answer it the same way every time. And it's, I just had to tell myself that, you know, those guys were just, just people there watching me, just, just more eyes in the stands, more people watching. Um, and that because I wanted to play at that next level, I wanted to play college base. So I wanted to get drafted, all that kind of stuff, because I wanted that to happen. I knew that this was just a small step in that process and that, at the next level, there's going to be so many people watching. There's going to be so many people in the stands. So if I have, you know, eight to ten guys here watching me, watching my team right now, you know, I just have to do my best to tune it out, take a deep breath before everything I do, and make sure that, you know, I play to the best of my abilities. Because I do – I train so hard, and I take extra reps, and I work out so hard, you know, to prepare myself for those moments so that when I'm in a high-pressure situation – that pressure kind of subsides, goes away because, you know, I feel confident in my hard work for that situation. Yeah, and you'll definitely be playing in front of a lot of people playing down there in the ACC. Second best baseball. I don't know. I mean, ACC, SEC, I mean, they're probably pretty close, I would say, right? They're head-to-head head right now. They're going head-to-head head right now for sure. Yeah. Uh, but no, man. So um, as you look forward into these past, you know, t these, these upcoming two years, so, you know, you're – sophomore to junior summer, your junior to senior summer, your last two years of travel baseball. What are you looking forward to most of these next couple of years is just putting on that Canes uniform and kind of just, you know, playing baseball across the country? You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to some of the relationships I get to build with with the new guys that come every year, you know, to join us and and some of the coaches, you know, like we talked about. That's what I'm going to look forward to the most, um, as well as just – being able to play against some of the best players in the country, being able to compete, compete my butt off and and also make relationships with, with people that I play against. You know, I'll play against guys and and end up talking to them after the after the game, exchanging social medias. And I'm still talking to them this to the, uh, this day. You know, I'm I'm snapping them this morning, you know, still talking to him, asking him how his high school season's going, you know, and he lives all the way in Texas. So, you know, I might not might not see him again or, you know, he might come down to Charleston for a tournament, come down to South Carolina for a tournament. I might see him. He might come over to my house. You know what I mean? So those relationships that I get to build with people, 
with with opposing teammates, my own teammates, you know, opposing players, opposing coaches, you know, just the relationships I get to build are super important to me, as well as, you know, playing against the top competition in the country, which is what I'll get with playing with the Canes. I'm sure. So let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and transition to high school baseball. You know what's going on right now. Just take us through last season, your freshman year playing down there in South Carolina, and then how how this season has kind of evolved so far. Like you said, 12, 13 games in, how this season's rolling and what the expectations are as the season continues on. Yeah, for sure. My um, my freshman season started off a little slow. Um, you know, getting up on that big stage as a freshman, you know, it was, it was, there wasn't a whole lot of pressure. Um, you know, because I felt like I belonged. I belonged there. You know, I was the only freshman on varsity. Most of the other guys were sophomores and juniors. We had a couple seniors, but you know, being the only freshman and catching twenty seven of thirty games was was a big, big thing for me. You know, it was something I'd always wanted since I was about sixth grade and realized that, you know, high school baseball was a thing. Um, so, you know, I always wanted to play varsity as a freshman. It was a big goal of mine. But, um, you know, my freshman year, like I said, started off a little bit slow, started to pick it up at the end, you know, changed my approach a little bit. Um, but, you know, rolling into this year, I knew that, you know, after committing and, and all that kind of stuff that people were going to start to – to throw me a little bit different when I got in the box and, and, you know, start pitching me a little bit different, start treating me a little bit different. Um, and I knew that just going into this season, you know, I had to prepare myself in a different way. Um, so I had to, had to stay after even later than I normally did to get those extra reps, you know, and, and so far, you know, starting this season off, I'm, I'm up to almost 400 in the batting average right now. Got a, got a home run already, you know, and, and I think I'm just going to do, whatever I can to help my team succeed, you know, cause high school, high school is one of those things where you got a group of, you know, 18 dudes who are out here to win one state championship. And it's how you can get all those guys together as one to, to shoot out into a, a stacked region and, and beat all of them. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think for me, it's all about just staying confident myself and staying confident in my teammates and staying behind them and, and ensuring that, Whenever we get out on that field, we're going to take the W and, and, you know, get on with the next game. I'm sure. So I got two questions here on the on the actual level of play you're facing down there in South Carolina. First off, take us through that South Carolina competition, maybe some of those key schools you guys are facing in that spring schedule. And then looking back into last year, you said you caught 27 out of what you said, like 30, 32 games or something. something like that. What, what was that jump going from, you know, catching – middle school middle school pitchers to you being a freshman catching guys who are potentially 17 18 years old what was that jump there as well behind the plate yeah so you know the the first question of, of what's what schools we're, we're facing right now um in our region we have Somerville Fort Dorchester Ashley Ridge and then us there's only there's only four right now that the top three will make the playoffs and you know all all three of the schools that we're going against you know every time that we step on the field with them it's going to be a rubber match you know we're we're going after it you know it's going to be a great game anybody that comes to watch it they're going to get they're going to get a movie it's going to be awesome you know it's going to be one of those those games you don't want to miss um and i feel that the competition in our region especially is probably one of the most most stacked in the in the entire state if not the the southeast you know i think that Every time I, I step into the box, I'm going to be facing a dude on the mound. Almost every single time, you know, we're seeing guys that are 94, 95, up to 97. You know, it's it's one of those things where if you're not ready for it, it's going to be obvious. It's going to be obvious if you're not ready for it. So, you know, that's one of those things where you just got to prepare, like I've talked about. Um, but I would say that our, our region is one of the tougher ones. Um, 
And then what was what was the second question? So the second question was that jump from, you know, being a freshman catcher, catching, you said, you said 27 out of 30 games or something like that, catching, like I guess, middle school guys compared to that freshman year when you're catching all your high school guys, guys who are 17, 18 years old. Just what was that jump behind the plate when you were going from catching all guys your age to guys who are potentially three, four years older than you as well? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I would say that ever since I was little, probably in seventh grade, when I started playing for the high school in seventh grade, played for the B team, the middle school team, whatever you want to call it, um, I would always stay after practice to catch the older guys. I would always I would always try to get as many bullpens I could with whoever the ace was, whoever the, the oldest guy was I was throwing the hardest, you know. I would try to get his bullpens in. So, you know, you got a, seven, a seventh grade kid over here who at the time I think the, the fastest throwing guy we had was 88 to 91. So I'm in seventh grade, you know, catching that. And then I'll go out the next week and play my game and catch a guy that's still on 65, you know? So, so I'm still, I'm getting that. I've been getting that velo ever since I was young, you know, and I'm still, I still have a facility, you know, around my, around my area where I'll go in and, and catch guys that are up to 94 and 95 so that whenever I get to that next level, if not next year, uh, at my high school, I mean, we got a guy right now that's throwing 91 who will probably be up to 94, 95 next year, you know. So just making sure that at that next level and, and even next year, you know, I'm just one step ahead with my preparation, you know. And it's one of those things where the jump for me and velo and all that kind of stuff wasn't super drastic because I prepared myself for it. But, you know, it's one of those things where you just have to be one step ahead. You Your, your mind's got to move a little bit quicker and you got to prepare yourself. Okay, so in South Carolina, you said you were playing for the high school B team in seventh grade. You're able to do that in South Carolina? Yeah, so the, the way it works is, you know, there's a B team of seventh uh, seventh and eighth graders, and you can put freshmen on it too. Um, so seventh, eighth, and ninth graders will be on a B team. And then you can also – there's a JV team. I know most schools have a JV team, um, which that's eighth grade – freshmen sophomores um and then varsity is anybody but i mean i think there was one eighth grader on varsity in like our entire state so there that's not really it's mainly just freshmen through seniors on varsity but yeah okay, there is so, there's a b team there's a, there's a middle school team in, in our state for sure okay so in south carolina if you're an absolute dude you can be an eighth grader playing up against 18 year olds yeah, we uh we had a, one of my boys is a is a freshman this year and he played as an eighth grader last year. That is that is crazy. I can't imagine. I mean, I was at a a 2027, so eight, current eighth graders now. I was at a tournament a couple of weeks ago watching them play, and like it's just crazy to see that jump from eighth grade to freshman year. I was there watching. I'm like, there uh, uh there was one guy one 2027 looked like literally looked me in the eyes. He looked I was looked like I was talking to a 20 year old. But the rest of those guys, I'm thinking like, man, they're going to make a big jump here these next couple of years going from eighth grade, you know, to just, you know, being a freshman. It's crazy just to see what that looks like and crazy to think of a an eighth grader playing up against, you know, 17, 18 year olds. Um, yeah, but, for but sure. For you, but with you being an underclassman, you know, playing up, like being a 14, 15 year old last year, playing up against some of those upperclassmen, you know, what's tougher when you're playing high school baseball, being a younger kid, or when you're playing top tier travel baseball with the Canes, playing up against some of the top tier talent of your own age group? Um, You know, I think it's, I think that's a great question. And I, I think it comes down to who you're playing in what moment, you know, I think that the fastest velocity I've seen in, in a travel game is up to 91. 
Um, you know, but also my freshman year, I saw I saw a guy up to 94 as a freshman. Um, so, you know, I think it just depends on on what the what the moment is and what the situation is. I mean, they're both hard. Ne- neither of them are easy when, when you're playing in one of the best regions or you're playing on one of the best teams in the country. You know, nothing, nothing really comes easy, but it's all about how you prepare to make it easy for yourself. Um, but I would say that, that they're both equally hard in different ways, for sure. Okay. So as this this is be my last question about high school ball. As this spring keeps rolling, what are some of those personal goals, some of those team goals that you guys have uh, just rolling into this 2023 spring? For sure. Um, so, you know, for high school, I would say that, you know, our goal right now is to to win a state championship um, for sure. Win, win out our region, you know, be the one seed going into the playoffs and win a state championship is, is the main goal for us. It's something, you know, we talk about every day. Whenever we step foot on the practice field every day, you know, we're practicing for that goal. And, you know, that's what we want to achieve. Um, and I think personal goals for me is to just continue to get better because, it's, I know it's a process. I know it's a, it's a long road ahead to where I want to be. And so, you know, I just have to trust in that process um, and just continue to, to make myself a better person and a better ball player. Um, I think if I had to, to drop down a, a numerical statistic goal, you know, I, I, I'd be pretty, be pretty fine with dropping, you know, three, three to five home runs this year and, and probably get up to eight or 10 doubles, probably double digit doubles this year. That'd be, that'd be a pretty good one. And, and bat 400, you know, those are some statistical for goals for me. Okay. All right. So you are committed to Duke. Let's go ahead and transition to that whole recruiting process. You know, take us through that. When did that recruiting process got, when did that recruiting process get started for you? And when was it that, you know, you started getting noticed by some of those division one teams? Yeah, for sure. Um, So my fall, the most recent fall season that I played with American um, right after that summer, you know, they asked me to stick around for the fall and it was probably the, uh, I want to say second or third tournament. Um, and that was when I had got my first, you know, I had my first phone call that night um, with, with a college and, you know, I was super pumped. Um, you know, something I've been looking forward to, you know, since I started playing was, you know, when the, when the first college was going to call and, and, you know, that was when it had started for me. It was, it was uh, July, no, September, probably, probably late September. I think I committed October 15th, October 11th, actually. October 11th was when I committed. So it was early September. That was when the first school had, had started talking to me. Um, so just, I would say, yeah, beginning of the fall, probably late September was when it first started for me. Okay. So you're having those first conversations with some of those schools, you know, last fall, what did those conversations kind of look like? You know, what were some of maybe those questions those college coaches were asking you? What did that whole conversation, first couple conversations look like with those college coaches? And then even on top of that, you know, what's going through your mind? I'm sure, you know, you're, you're heading into your sophomore year of high school. You're talking to some collegiate coaches, you know, what's going through your mind over those first couple phone calls with those guys? Yeah. So, um, you know, whenever you're talking, talking to those guys and those coaches, you know, they just want to get to know you on a personal level. They want to get to know what kind of kid you are because a lot of times they're calling you and they've already been watching you. They already know what kind of player you are. They're, they're calling you for a reason. And it's because they know you're a dude. They know you're a stud. You know, they know that your game on the field is, is better than, than a lot of the guys around you and they want you. And so, you know, they're trying to get to know you on that personal level, get to see what kind of person you are. And if, if you're one of those guys that, that they want to have around in their program, 
because, you know, they don't want to have a bunch of, of scrub guys in a program. They want to have the best ones that are going to lift the people up around them. And you know this. So my my first couple of phone calls, you know, were just talking about me, talking about my school life, you know, how I how I cared about my grades, all that kind of stuff. You know what my family was like. They wanted to know the whole dynamic of my family. Um, and, you know, that I think I think I ended up calling with Duke, you know, every week, every week I would have a phone call with them just talking about how I was playing, how my life was going, you know, how my family was, everything like that. And it was almost like, you know, I just had a had another another set of eyes that was just on me constantly. And, you know, I had to help hold myself to a higher standard than everybody else around me. Um, but, you know, those first couple phone calls for me mentally, what I was thinking was, was this is pretty awesome. You know, this is just a testament to my hard work and and it's just one step in a long journey. But, you know, I was super pumped when, when that first phone call, you know, was set up. But it was just it was an awesome, awesome moment for me to be able to have those phone calls, even at a young age. You know, I knew that I was going to have to mature quickly, even, you know, my freshman year being on varsity playing with 18 year olds who had beards and, you know, some of them had kids. You know, that's that's one of those things where, you know, you, you got to grow up quick. But, you know, I knew that whenever that first phone call was going to come, you know, I was ready for it. I was ready for it for sure. But I was, I was super pumped. Yeah. So when you'd mentioned that you talked to that Duke coaching staff, you know, pretty much on a weekly basis. So I'm sure that relationship was pretty great as that whole recruiting process got rolling. But as you were comparing, you know, Duke to maybe some of those other schools that finished second and third, what were some of those key things that you were looking for, you know, in a school, in a program and just a coaching staff in general, what were some of those key things that you were looking for? Yeah. You know, I think it's it's a cliche thing. You know, some people kind of disregard when, when players say that they were looking for a place that felt like home. But, you know, that's that's the best way that I can say it is I was just looking for a place that was home that I that I knew as soon as I stepped foot on campus that this was the place that I needed to be. This was the coaching staff that I knew cared for me and valued me highly. I knew that Whenever I got to campus my freshman year, I was going to be given an opportunity, you know, and, and whether or not I shine in that opportunity or still needed to get worked on was up to me and how hard I worked during my high school years. But, you know, I just think that the one thing that I was looking for was just a coaching staff that I knew had my back and I knew had my best interest at heart because I was the one being recruited. And and, you know, I wanted to make sure that the place that I went to was the best fit. So over this time, like you said, you had a good relationship with that Duke coaching staff. But over time, now that you've been committed here for what is it, probably eight, seven, eight months or so, how has that relationship with that Duke coaching staff kind of evolved here over time? You know, I think it's gotten better. I mean, I I have have phone calls, you know, with my recruiting coordinator, Coach Tyler Blankmeyer. You know, every week he and I he and I are just talking baseball. Coach Eric Tyler, my uh the hitting coach over at Duke, he and I are talking, you know, every week, every other week, just about hitting and how, how it's going. And, you know, it's just, it's awesome to be able to have those guys, you know, that are my coaches now that are going to be my coaches in, in two years and my coaches for three to four years, whenever I get there. So, you know, it's awesome to be able to have, have those, those coaches alongside me. And, you know, I think that those guys are truly some of the best coaches in the country. And, you know, what Coach Pollard is, is working on over there at Duke and the way that he's bringing that program up, you know, it's truly special. Um, and I, I couldn't want to play for, 
any other any other group of coaches. You know, I know that every time I see those guys, they're going to be smiling. They're going to be excited to see me and I'm going to be excited to see them. And the relationship that we've built, you know, in a short time is is going to only only get better. And I can't wait to, you know, play for those guys in, in two years and then hopefully win a national championship in Omaha. You know, a couple of questions ago, you said October 11th. That was the day where you actually did commit to play baseball for Duke. Do you remember that day where it hit you? Okay, you know, I think Duke, Duke is the place for me. Might be a little ahead of some of those other schools that are recruiting me. Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, October 9th, you know, all these all these dates stick out to me. It was a, it was a great moment in my life that I'll never forget. But um, October 9th, I, you know, went up to the campus, walked around with my family, um, and that was the moment that I knew that that it was the place for me. I had been talking to those coaches there for about a month. Um, I knew that they had my best interest in. You know, I knew it was only a matter of time before I would let them know that I was accepting the offer that they had given me, you know, to play at the next level. And so as soon as I had I had gotten home, I was I was ready to hop on a Zoom meeting with them and, and you know, let them know that, that I was ready and fully committed to them. Um, and I think, you know, the moment fully hit me um, – after the Zoom meeting had ended, you know, October 11th, I mean, it's giving me chills, you know, as soon as the Zoom meeting ended, both my fam, both my mom and my dad stood up and gave me a hug. And, you know, it was a couple of tears, you know, it was just a, it was a great moment for all of us. You know, my brothers, all of them were super supportive, you know, they'd known it was something that I was looking, looking forward to and working hard for my entire life. So, yeah. you know, I, I would say it probably hit me, you know, when I stepped foot on campus and, and as soon as that zoom meeting ended and, you know, my family, my family just showed an amazing amount of support for me. Um, and it was, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. So staying close to home, I'm assuming, you know, Duke being in North Carolina, you from South Carolina, it's probably not too far from home. You know, what are some of those relationships that you've built with maybe some guys in your class, some of those future, you know, blue devil teammates, guys in your class, maybe 24, 26 classes as well. Just what are some of those relationships you've built so far? Um, it's 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 really special, you know, how close I've been able to get with a lot of the guys that that are also committed, you know, with what Coach Pollard's doing over there. He's he's building he's building a program, but he's building a brotherhood, and and he has all of us twenty twenty five commits, you know, in Zoom meetings to talk about to talk about everything, and you know, we we look at Snapchat and we have a group chat, all of us, where we're always talking about who's going to what game against who, who's who's, you know, going to be at this place at what time to get a workout in or get a bullpen in. And, you know, I got a lot of the, the younger guys, the 2026 guys, and, and even some of the older guys, the 24s, you know, I'm talking to them, you know, daily. I'm, I'm, I'm asking them how they're playing, you know, just building relationships with the guys that I'm going to be playing with in the next, you know, four to five years so that as soon as we get on that field, that we're just close with each other, you know. And so I think it's, it's really awesome how we're all able to come together, even – even though we have two to three years, you know, before we're going to be there, you know, some of the relationships I have with some of the commits already is, is truly special. Yeah. So looking back, you know, now that the recruiting process is over, looking back at that recruiting process entirety, you know, from the time it started to that October 11th date, when you kind of told Duke, you know, you know, I'm going to commit to Duke. This is where I want to play baseball. Kind of give us a breakdown. Just, you know, just looking back on it, you know, what is that breakdown and kind of give us an outlook and, you know, that recruiting process entirety. Yeah, it's a great question. So, that that tournament in the fall that I played where, you know, I had that phone call as soon as I got home. Like literally it was a Sunday, you know, we played and it was I had a probably a four hour trip back home. And as soon as I got home, I was probably, you know, eating dinner, 30 minutes. I got a text. Hey, you got to call Coach Blank Meyer at Duke whenever you get the chance. 
So I called him as soon as, as soon as I could, you know, I was pumped. So I called him as soon as I could. And, you know, he and I talked for once a week for about two weeks. Um, and he knew that I had a tournament coming up down in Fort Myers. It was one of the biggest ones of the, of the fall. And, you know, he knew that there was also going to be some of the guys who already committed to Duke down there. And there was some more guys that he was looking at recruiting and all that kind of stuff that were going to be down there. And so he and uh, one of the other recruiting guys at, at Duke, they both flew down there um, and came to every single one of my games. My 8 a.m. game, they were there at 7.30. You know, I knew that that was one of the reasons that I ended up going there because they showed an, a, a crazy amount of support for me and, and, and you know, wanting to be after me and wanting to see me and, and let me know that they wanted what was best for me. You know, coming to a 7.30 game in the morning, you know, that's – that's something that sticks out to a player. So whenever they did that, I was like, I was like, all right, you know, you know, that's cool. I like that they're here. You know what I mean? So I played that entire, an entire week. You know, I think I batted over 700, something like that. Um, You know, probably had four doubles or something like that caught really well. You know, I was throwing kids out, some of the best kids in the country. You know, I was, I was playing my butt off and, you know, I think that that tournament also ended on a Sunday. I got home and let's just say I got home at eight o'clock. At about 8.15, you know, I was just sitting there, and I, I got a text that said, call Coach Blankmeyer whenever you get the chance, my recruiting coordinator. So I called him. You know, I think I I think I, I think I had practice that day, like Sunday practice or something like that. So, you know, I had gotten back. I had practice. I was told to call him. I called him, and he said, you know, um, he said, let's set up a Zoom meeting tomorrow with you and Coach Pollard, the head coach here. So – you know, here I am, like, super pumped. Like, I have a I have a Zoom meeting with the head coach at a Power 5 D1 program tomorrow. I'm super pumped, you know, just just ready for it. And and he and I get on there, and we just talk about life. Like, we talk about everything that I'm about, what he's about, what Duke's about, all that kind of stuff. Um, And then at the end of that phone call, he says, I want to have another one next week with you and your family. So here I am, like, all right, I'm about to get an offer, and – and this is about to be 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 awesome for me and my family. And then the next week we hop on and he says, you know, we we'd like to offer you a scholarship. And there's a lot of a lot of different steps in that process. But we want you to know that we're going to see the recruiting process through with you and you can either take it or we'll move on to the next guy. You know what I mean? And so I was like, you know, that sounds great to me. Um and he he had a phone call with my dad actually he called called my dad you know i think it was a wednesday and he said he said this is what we're thinking um he said i want to tell you this you know just so you know and then i'm going to tell noah you know that later this week you know we're going to have a conversation about it so all of my numbers and and you know the way that it was going to go about making sure that i got the the money and you know the school grants and the the grade money and all that kind of stuff all went into what's called a pack as soon as I knew that the offer was on the table, I, you know, took that visit up there with my family. Um, I think I had a tournament, like, literally, like, Friday, Saturday, and then I took the visit on a Sunday, like, because I was already up there. Like, it was probably 30 minutes away from where I was playing. So I was already up there, went there with my family, you know. And as soon as I was there, I, I just fell in love with all of it, all of it. I'd already been up there when I was 13, you know, just on, like, a family trip. Um, it was always one of the top schools that I wanted to play for. 
Um, and so, you know, as soon as I stepped foot on that campus, it just felt like an, an awesome place for me to be. And then, you know, like I said, I, later, later in the week, I think it was like a day or two later, you know, I had that zoom meeting. I, I, I told them I was all in and, and then I think I put it out to the media that like 10, 15 at night, like I was pumped. Like I wanted everybody to know this is where I'm going. This is who I, who I'm ready to play for and all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, the support from everybody at school, all the coaches I've ever played for everything. Like that was amazing, you know, and, and I'm pretty sure I had about 10 different phone calls that night with coach with, with different coaches I've played for. I was getting phone calls all the next day through school, just talking to people. Um, but, you know, I think the recruiting process for me was something that I enjoyed, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't hectic for me. Um, it was something that I wanted to take day by day so that I knew I was getting the best thing for myself, the best place, you know, whether it came down to, to money, which is something that, you know, you focus on obviously whenever you're making a decision, but you know, money wasn't necessarily the the main driving factor for me. You know, it was, it was what place is going to be the best fit, what coaches are the best. Um, and I think that's what I'm getting at Duke for sure. Um, but I wouldn't want to have the recruiting process go any other way for me at all. Um, and that's, that's how I would, how I would lay down the steps that I took in that, in that process. Okay. So being from that area, choosing a great basketball school as well, were you growing up, were you always a coach K Duke fan or were you maybe UNC Clemson, South Carolina, you know, what does that kind of look like there for you? Oh, that's, that's funny that you asked that. I, I've always been a Duke basketball fan. I mean, I think I was eight years old and I, and I walked into a local a local pizza store and, and the uh, Duke Blue Devils were playing the Maui Gym Invitational up on TV. And I said, you know what? I don't have a basketball team. That's that's going to be the team that I'm going to watch from now until until however long. And so I was always a Duke basketball fan. Um, and I think that, you know, my sixth and seventh grade year was the first year, you know, that I had made my college list of schools that I wanted to go to. Cause I knew that playing at the next level was just going to be a matter of time for me. Um, and so whenever I made that list, you know, Duke was one of the top schools on that list. And, you know, I'd always looked into their baseball cause obviously I'm a baseball player and, you know, just getting, getting known just by being a basketball fan since a young age, you know, that kind of put them, put them in front of my eyes. And, you know, once I realized how, how awesome of a program it was, I, I knew I wanted to play for them. Yeah, I'm sure. So moving on to your actual on the field play, you know, you are listed as a catcher, as an outfielder, you know, as you get to that next level, head to Duke, where do you kind of see yourself? Do you see yourself sticking behind the plate, maybe playing some more primarily outfield? What does that kind of look like in your mind right now? That's a question I get asked a lot, actually. And, you know, I was, I was asked this question yesterday and at school today, you know, and I think that, with with being six foot one and my dad being about six five, you know, it's one of those things where it's all about just how my body grows. But I as of right now, you know, I'm I'm fully gonna be a catcher. Like I don't wanna be anything else other than a catcher. You know, outfield's one of those places where, you know, they stick me if they have to. But, you know, I, being a catcher is one of those positions that I don't ever want to give up. And it's gonna be the place where I'm gonna play at the next level and beyond that and and, you know, being a catcher is, is my main position. And that, that's what I want to that's what I want to do. OK, so when you are behind the plate, are you calling pitches or for the most part, are coaches kind of calling them for you? Um, so it kind of just depends, you know, during the summer. Um, 
I was able to call um a little bit more than I am now. Um, but I I'm also able to call, you know, sporadically throughout a game. Um, because of the relationships that I build with my my guy on the mound and and all the pitchers in my program is just is awesome. You know, I those guys know that I have their back and I'm gonna do whatever's best for them. So my coaches will sometimes let me call what pitch I feel like is best. And, you know, if they shake it off, they shake it off. And, you know, we, we, we move on to the next one, the next pitch that we think is going to work best in that situation. Um, but, you know, it's a little bit – it's probably 75% they call it, 25% I call it, you know. But there is a there is times throughout a game where I'll get to call, you know, two or three batters depending on the situation. You know, I might get to call a pitch here or there just to see what my guy's feeling out there on the mound. But, you know, I do get to call a little bit, but, you know, it's mostly coaches. Okay, so when you do get that free range, what is that strategy throughout that lineup? Do you kind of have maybe a little bit of scattering reports going into it? What does that look like? What's that strategy? You know, I'm one of those guys that that's going to scout like weeks in advance so that I know exactly what to throw every guy when they step in the box, especially those guys that are, you know, known throughout our region, you know, your power guys, your, your main hitters, you know. I'm going to watch as many videos as I can on them to see – to see what pitches got them out. You know, if it's a high fastball that they can't get to, you better know in a in a 0-2 situation we're going to go high, and then if they lay off of it, we're going to go soft down because they're just going to try to mash a fastball and mash everything that they can see. So we're going to go fast up or soft away, you know. It's one of those things where I'm going to scout everybody that's going to that's gonna face my team, and I'm going to know exactly, you know, what's going to get them out or, or what's going to give us at least the best chance to get them out. A couple of questions ago, you mentioned, you know, that relationship you have with all those different pitchers, and that kind of is the variable when it comes to, you know, calling some of those pitches for you. How do you go about building those relationships with some of those pitchers? I'm sure when you're going and playing for Canes American, coming back to high school ball, you know, you're, you're getting a lot of pitchers that you probably haven't caught before. How do you go about, you know, building those relationships with those different pitchers? You know, I think it's just important that they know that I have their back and I'm going to present every single pitch that they throw to me in the best way possible. And that whenever they do something the right way or they have a big out, you know, I'm going to be the first person there to congratulate them and, and pump them up. And, you know, if they do something wrong, I'm going to be the first guy that's going to say, you know, we got to fix this. You know, we're about to come after this next guy and show him what's up. You know what I mean? So I think it's, it's important that, you just talk to those guys as much as you can and, you know, just build that relationship with them. I think I, I text my pitchers, you know, every day, just, just seeing how they are, seeing, seeing how their day's going. And, you know, the guys that are over the summer, you know, I probably text them once a week, you know, seeing how they're throwing. And, you know, sometimes they'll be like, dude, I'm gaining three miles an hour on my fastball. I can't wait for this summer. And, you know, sometimes guys will be like, I had a rough outing this past week. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to bouncing back this week. And I'm going to just be that guy that's going to be there for them and say, hey, you've played this game for so long. You're one of the most confident people that I know. You just need to come out here and play your own game, you know. And so it's important that they know that I have their back and that they're my brother on and off the field and that the relationship that we have is strong. You know, those guys that are out on the mound for me on Friday nights, Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, whenever it might be, Mondays, you know, those are guys that are going to be over at my house for dinner. You know, I'm going to be at their house for dinner. We're going to be going out to eat. You know, those guys are going to be with me more than I'm with my own family. You know, I'm going to be with them seven days a week, 
eight hours, 10 hours a day, you know, that relationship's got to be strong in order for us to thrive on the field. So, you know, that's the way that I go about it and the way that I think about it for sure. Okay. So with you being behind the plate, you know, so often, do you think that brings any advantages to you, you know, as you know, flipping that side around to the batter's box when you're hitting, do you think there's any advantages there being a catcher? Um, you know, that's a great question. Whenever I face, um, some of the guys that I catch bullpens for, you know, that might not be on my team, it definitely gives me an advantage because I know exactly how the pitches move, you know, and I know exactly what they throw in what situations. Um, but I will say that being a catcher allows you to see the field from two different perspectives. You know, you get to see what gets people out. So it gets your, your mind into thinking what the pitcher's thinking when you're in the box and you're going to try to, you know, give yourself a little bit of advantage of what pitch is he going to throw here? What pitch am I going to lay off of if he throws in this situation? You know what I mean? But, you know, it definitely does give me an advantage. I get to see pitches, you know, in a different way than most guys that don't catch. But I, w- I would say it definitely does give me a little bit of an advantage when I'm in the box. Okay. So w- let's let's flip that around to the hitting side of things. Take us through your hitting approach. So let's say, you know, you're on the on-deck circle. You know, what's going through your mind? You're walking up to that batter's box. You know, what are you trying to do with each at-bat? Yeah. So whenever I'm in the on the on-deck circle, you know, I'm always – always there with a, with a weighted bat, you know, whether it's a donut or a heavy bat, you know, I'm always there taking a couple hacks. I don't want to take too many, you know, one or two, just to get the body loose, feel something a little heavy, um, toss that, toss that away, you know, grab my bat out there. And then I'm just getting my rhythm down. The way I hit is, is I just think about rhythm, you know, when the pitcher's legs up, that's when my mind starts to move, you know, that's when my body starts to go a little bit. So, you know, it obviously just depends on, you know, what guy is on the mound. If I, if I'm seeing a guy that's probably, you know, 90 plus, you know, I like to spread out a little bit, just just make contact and, and hit the ball as hard as I can. If I've got a guy up here who's probably, you know, 80 to 88, I might stand a little bit more upright, not too upright, but a little bit more upright. You know, I got a little bit of a leg kick in there, just trying to, you know, see the ball, see the ball as deep as I can. You know, I'm one of those people that thinks if I catch the ball deep, I'm hitting it the right field. If I catch it spot on, I'm hitting it to dead center field. And if I catch it about an inch in front, you know, that's my home run to to left and left center field. So, you know, I think whenever I step into the box, my the thing that's going through my head the most is this guy's not going to beat me. You know, I'm going to give everything I have whenever I step up to the plate and I'm just going to hit the ball hard, as hard as I can. You know, whether whether it's the right field, center field, left field, it's going to be hit hard. You know, that's my goal is every time I step in the box and that's that's how I prepare myself mentally. And that's what I think about. And that's my approach when I step in the box. You say when you're on deck, you have heavy bats, you know, maybe use some weighted bats. I want to throw a little name out there for you. Maybe show some love to a upcoming podcast guest. Check out Crato. It's, I believe it's Crato Sports. K-R-A-T-O. He's The guy's actually coming on the podcast tomorrow. Oh, well, I'm interviewing him tomorrow. Um, based out of Ohio, brand new, just launched, I believe, a couple months ago. They're like a new, just evolution of bat weights you actually like they um you can put them anywhere on your bat you can actually go through bp using these bat weights it's actually a pretty cool concept i'm kind of you know interested to dig into it tomorrow but you know i want to give you know a future podcast guest a little love there make sure after we're you know done recording here you know go check them out uh but when it comes to mechanics here a little bit take us through you know from that load up to that follow through what those mechanics kind of look like and how those mechanics have kind of evolved over time yeah, so whenever I was younger, um, around eight years old, you know, I was never, never really thinking about what I was doing. You know, I was an eight-year-old kid. 
I just wanted to hit the ball hard and far. You know, I, I, my feet were spread out. I had really no stride and I was just swinging, you know, and I think I really started to pay attention to my swing whenever I was 12 and I had to know, you know, the next year I'm going to be playing on these 315, 320 foot fields. You know, I'm going from 210 feet. I'm getting an extra 110 feet out there. I'm not just going to be able to, you know, swing balls over the fence every time like I did when I was 12. Um, And so it was all about just getting the most that I can from my lower body, you know, as well as being strong in the upper body. So for me, I, I always liked a leg kick because I felt like I could, you know, as long as it was controllable, I felt like I could get the most power from it. You know, I was able to land on the ground and have a solid base and use as much, as much upward torque as I could to, hit the ball as hard as I could, you know? And I think it's one of the reasons I, I work so hard in the weight room is so that whenever I do hit, you know, I get as much torque as I can and I get as much power from my legs. But, you know, if you watch videos, there's a lot of leg drive, a lot of power that comes from my lower body. Um, and I also like to just think about a rubber band, you know, a stretch from, you know, kind of my hip to my back, my back arm. Um, you know, my hips, my hips go a little bit early, but not too early to where I'm getting fooled all the time. You know, there, as soon as I see the ball, my hips go, I get that, that tiny, it's probably a half a millisecond of a stretch there, get all that power. And then I just explode. So, you know, that's the way I go about it. You know, that's what I think about when I'm training. So whenever I step in the box, you know, it just happens. So looking at your game's entirety, so this can be, you know, when you're in the when you're in the batter's box, when you're behind the plate, even when you're interact interacting with some of your pitchers, maybe running the bases as well. If you were a scout watching your game, what would be that personal scouting report that you would write up on yourself? Um, the person the personal scouting report I would I would say to my uh, about myself is that this kid flies around. <laughs> he plays the game with energy. He's one of the loudest guys out there. You know, he's running the game. He's doing everything you should be as a catcher behind the plate, leading his team. And, you know, he's just going to be a leader. You know, he's going to hit when he gets in the box. He's going to, he's going to block balls when they're thrown to him. You know, he's going to, he's going to do his best to lift his teammates around him up. And he's just going to try to do everything he can to make sure a team wins, you know, but I think that when it comes to, to hitting, you know, more of a power hitter, you know, I'm a hit for average and I'm going to hit for power. Like I'm going to get on base and I'm going to hit a couple over, get a couple doubles in there, you know, like um, I'm one of the complete package guys when it comes to hitting, Um, you know, and I just, I just like to see myself as a great leader. And I know the people around me, around me see myself as a leader. Okay. So you kind of dig in there to, you know, what you are, let's dig into what you aren't dig into development here. What are some of those key things you're wanting to work on within your game these next couple of years before you head to Duke? Just some of those key emphases you have within your development. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's it's all about preparing myself now so that whenever I get to that next level, I'm ready to go my freshman year, you know, because I'm going to be playing with guys that are 22, 23, 24, and I'm going to be a, a 17, 18-year-old kid up there, you know, so – it's one of those things where I just have to get bigger, faster, stronger and continue to develop the way I am now. You know, I think my freshman year, I was probably six foot, uh, 160 pounds. And, and now I'm up to six, one, about 185. And, and I'm, and I'm, I'm getting some muscle, you know, so I'm starting to, to get, get bigger, faster, stronger, get to where I need to be, you know, but I'm not stopping anytime soon. You know, it's all about just making sure as soon as I get to that next level, I'm the size of those guys and I'm able to compete at that next level as soon as I get there.
Okay. So with where you're at right now within your baseball career, you know, being a Duke commit, playing for the Canes baseball program, I'm sure you've had a bunch of, you know, just influential people within your baseball career. If you had to pick two to three people who have been the most influential within your career, who would those people be? And what would be the reasonings for them being so influential? That's a great question. Um, the first person that comes to mind is, is my dad, you know, he played division one football and he's, one of those people that that grew up in a time period where it was either you worked hard and you got it and you you worked harder than everybody else and then there was those kids that didn't and he saw what it was like to be one of those people that worked hard and played at that next level and you know he always he always told me that I'm going to have to work harder than everybody else you know, he was, he's probably the main, the main guy in my life, the main person in my life that has just pushed me and pushed me and pushed me to be the best that I can be all the time. You know, and I'm, I'm really grateful to him for that. You know, I, I try to tell him that as much as I can um, because he's been one of the most important people. So he's number one on that list, um, you know, and, and I just want to then give a shout out to coach Adam Brown. Um, I, I talked about him earlier, you know, he's, one of those people that I know has my back and, and is going to be one of those coaches that will be the first person to, to tell me if, if something's wrong, but he'll, he'll also be the first one to, you know, congratulate me on something that I do well, you know, and he's one of those people that statistically and mechanically, anytime I have a question, I'm going to him, you know, he's one of those, those people that I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out with constantly, you know, he's, he's like family to us, you know, he, but he's also a coach. So, you know, that's that's a great a great resource to have in him. Um, and if I had to say, you know, the third most influential influential person, you know, it's 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 either coming down to Coach Serrano, like we talked about earlier, or, or, or Coach Brian, you know, and, and I think that's just just shows how important my coaches are to me, you know, and 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 how much they affect my life. And, and you know, like I said, Coach Brian, somebody I talked to as much as I can, as, as well as coach Serrano, you know, I'm calling coach Serrano just to talk, talk about the game, talk about how, you know, his kids are going, how his wife is, you know, how, how his life's going, everything just, just, Hey, you know, when are we, when are we going to hop on a zoom next and go over some drills? You know, what, what do you see in the game right now that, that I also see that, you know, I can implement into my game. So, you know, all of, all of those, all those men in my life have just, shaped me into the person I am today. And, you know, I'm forever grateful for all of them. I'm sure. So I got, I got one last segment here for you. Like I said, to end off the podcast, I always like to dig into the more personal side of things, move away from the game of baseball. So first question here, your passions, what is it that, you know, when you need to get your mind off the game of baseball or just get your mind off of something in general, maybe cope with some stress or, you know, whatever it happens to be, what are some of those passions you enjoy doing beyond the game of baseball? Yeah. So, you know, Ever since I was little, um, not little, I mean, probably 13 years old, you know, seventh, eighth grade, I, that was when I had started kind of, kind of realizing that the life that I was about to, to go into was going to be different than my peers around me. I was going to have less free time than everybody else and and more of my time was going to be devoted to, to playing the sport that I loved that, that was going to hopefully, you know, put me on that next level than, then I was going to be out hanging with my friends. You know, that was, that was something that I had kind of known. And, you know, I, I, I took in and I just made it happen. You know, it's one of those things where if I can't hang out with my friends at, at this certain point, you know, 
I know that I'm going to go to the cages instead and, and prepare myself for the future, you know? And so that leaves me with, you know, little time to, to have a whole lot of, you know, things to do other than baseball, but you know, there is time, there is time that I can find to, to, you know, spend time with the people around me. And I think that the first thing is, is going to youth group, going to, you know, young life, which is what we call it here. Um, it's basically just a youth group that where we're a lot of guys at my school and girls, you know, we go and we just talk about God and, you know, we have fun together. Um, and it's important to me to be able to do that because I am such a big Christian, you know, and, and I think everything happens for a reason and everything happens through God. And, you know, I believe I wouldn't be where I am today without him. So, you know, it's, it's a great, great thing to be able to have that, you know, once a week to go to, um, and also, I mean, I, I weight lifts. I use that as, as an outlet too. You know, I get to throw around some heavy metal and, and listen to some music and, and not really think about too much other than being the strongest guy I can be, you know, and I like to get out and surf a little bit too. I like to get out and surf, you know, my whole family does that. So, you know, that's one of those things where you just get to go out there and, and ride waves and not think about too much. Okay. So, so you, you, those are, those are definitely the things for me. Okay. So with you being a busy guy there, you know, like you said, you know, not too much free time, but when you do, you know, you're still going and getting better, you know, in that weight room, hitting the batting cage and stuff like that. When we're digging into motivations here, you know, what is it that, you know, helps you get out of bed every morning just to continuously evolve as a ball player, as a person as well? Just what are some of those internal motivations that you have? Yeah. The one thing that I like to tell myself all the time is, is the sun doesn't stop for anybody. The sun rises and the sun sets and you have 24 hours in a day. And, you know, if you sleep eight of them, that's, that's a third of my life that I'm sleeping. And, you know, while I'm sleeping, there's a different time zone where a kid's been up for three hours training while I might've been asleep, you know? So those are things that I constantly tell myself and, and are always going through my head when I'm training, because I know that there's people in, in different States and even different countries, you know, that, are working just as hard as me and, and I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that I work harder than all of them. That way I can be the best that I can be, you know, but the, the motivation for me is just, you know, being able to show the people around me that, you know, life is, life is hard, but life is also great. You know, whenever I have success in the game, you know, it's all through God and, and everything's through him, you know, and, and it's one of those things where I like to see life in a way that, everything, everything has a lesson to be learned. You know, if you do something great, awesome. You got to stay level-headed because as soon as you do something bad, you also have to stay level-headed because there's always ups and downs. And, you know, the training process is, is obviously something that, that I have to do and everybody has to do if they want to play the game at the next level to ensure that those ups and downs stay more of a streamline, you know, of playing well often. And so, you know, those are the things that I think about all the time is just, you know, staying positive, showing the people around me that, you know, life is life is great. Life is good. You know, if you see it in the right way, um, you know, and just that there's always people that are going to be training and working hard and I need to do everything that I can to outwork them. OK, so taking that question a little bit further, let's say you continuously, you know, are outworking your peers, continuously getting better as a ball player. Perfect picture of your life 20 years down the road. So you'll be what, probably mid 30s or so. What does that perfect picture look like 20 years down the road? So, yeah, you know, 30, 35, 36 years old, there's there's guys in the big leagues that are that old. So, you know, hopefully hopefully I'm in the pros still still then. And, you know, there's some Hall of Fame talks going on. And and I've had a, I had a 
solid 10 to 15 year career under my belt. And, you know, I'm one of the best guys to have played the game. You know, I've got, I've got a wife and kids that, that are awesome, you know, and, and all my family's with me, you know, and it's just, it's a great life. And that's, that's where I see myself, you know, that's where I want to be. And that's what I work hard for. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, chasing after that and, and working as hard as I can to get there. Okay. Love to hear it, man. Always pumps me up when I hear, you know, someone throw out that hall of fame word. Always a, always a fun thing to hear when people are saying that's their perfect picture of their life there in 20 years. Uh, but I got two more questions here for you. I'll just ask them back to back here to end it off. Question number one, what is that go-to playlist? Whatever, whatever genre, whatever singer it is, what is that go-to playlist? And then question number two, this final question once you get to Duke, what is going to be that dream NIL brand there for you? So any brand in the country to endorse, collaborate with, partner with, whatever it happens to be, what is that dream NIL brand? All right. So the playlist is going to be a little bit of a little bit of rap. We got some little baby on there, some gunna, maybe some polo G. Um, you know, we'll have a little bit of the weekend in there, just tossed in to, to shake it up a little bit, get a little bit of a different vibe. Um and then the NIL deal, NIL deal is either going to be body armor because, you know, I can never go wrong with body armor. It's like the best drink that there is for an athlete, in my opinion. Tastes great. So there's body armor. And then probably Bruce Bolt. I use Bruce Bolt like now and I plan on using it as long as I as long as they're around. So, you know, Bruce Bolt, that's one of the best companies, in my opinion, for batting gloves and arm sleeves and that kind of stuff. So probably them. But body armor, body armor is a good one for sure. Okay, yeah, but I mean, both great brands there. I mean, you're not one of those boring guys. I'm not going to say boring, but you're not one of those common guys that say, you know, the Nike or the, the Lululemon or a Rawlings. I mean, I get those answers all the time. I'm like, come on, guys, you know, be a little bit more creative on that. But Yeah, that's I, – I actually thought about it. I was like, I could say Nike, but then I was like, nah, I need to think about something that's, like, unique. You know, I'm a big shoe guy, so if I get some – if I get a Nike NIL, like, Heck yeah. Like yeah. I'm I'm all for that. And then, you know, but the, the two that I said are probably the two that are like sticking out to me for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm a bit I mean, I never used Bruce Bro growing up. Like I think they were still kind of get getting rolling when I when I graduated from school. Uh but I mean I'm seeing like when I go to PBR events or tournaments and stuff like that, I mean I see their stuff everywhere. I mean, obviously there's Harrison Bader now that uses it, lots of major league guys using it, you know, great brand there. Body armor, you know, I'm body armor uh, tastes good. But no, man, that's, 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 that's the final question here on the Jake Hara podcast. You know, appreciate you coming on the show, being a part of this Canes baseball series, you know, appreciate you giving me your last, you know, hour and a half of time or so, um, you know, as you keep rolling with this spring, as you guys get going into the summer with the Canes, you know, best of luck, best of luck the rest of your career as well, man. I'll definitely be following you as you get to that next level, go to Duke, potentially go play some pro baseball as well. But like I said, just, just thanks for coming on the Jake Hara podcast. Yeah, man, of course I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me.